This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Hello, 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 everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to this, welcome to another fantastic episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me Brittany. Yay, Brittany, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing good. I can already hear the cats meowing outside the door because I shut them out, and they're like, Mom, why hast thou forsaken us? Besides that, I pretty good. <laughs> That's like any time. Um, this may be TMI, but if I use like the restroom at home, I usually keep the door open a crack so that like you know the animals can come in and out. But on the occasion that say I shut it, I always like hear my dog whimpering on the other side. And as soon as I open the door, there she is like laid out in front, like looking like, why? I'm always with you. (laughs) They're like, yeah, but you're not with me. What exactly I want to be with you. So. Ho, ho, ho. No. Uh, Brittany and I were having a very serious conversation before all this, and so we were just saying to ourselves, let's start recording so we can actually think about something happy for once. But um, this is a, I think, interesting but also kind of fun topic that we're doing for the top ten. We are splitting it up again, which we kind of seem, we kind of think is a pretty good format to follow and it is the top 10 movies we would and wouldn't want to live in that's a tongue twister and a long title but deal with it um, well i mean i don't know how else to you know summarize it in four words or less so (laughs) it is what it is but yeah so It's the top 10 movies that we would and wouldn't want to live in. Obviously, the first five will be the movies that we wouldn't want to live in, and then the last five will be the movies that we would want to live in. And it is funny because last night I told Brittany, let's do the top 10 movies we would want to live in. And I was looking on my list And there wasn't a whole lot that I would want to live in. So it was, say, a little more difficult for me. And then this morning, Brittany's like, well, what do you think about doing the, you know, the would and wouldn't? And I was like, you know what, that's perfect, because I'll probably find it easier to find the movies that I wouldn't want to live in. There's so many scary ones that I go, huh? That wouldn't be good. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. And in general, Brittany likes more scarier things. Not horror movies, but you definitely gravitate towards the scarier characters. And I doubt you would really want to live in that sort of movie universe if that were the case. Oh, definitely. There's so many that I'd be like, well, that'd be cool, but only if I was a hero and untouchable. And I'd probably <laughs> Only if I could be the Mary Sue of the story would I be okay with it. Oh, God, no. No Mary Sues. But, 
Yeah, um, we should definitely just dive right in. But before that, I have several messages from friends of the podcast. So it's always a good it's always a good thing that Brittany is doing the first one because I will be out of breath out of this. But no, it's so worth it because they are really good people and they promote our show on their shows. So it's only right that we promote their shows on our shows. But the first one will be a long-standing promo that we've done, and of course, it is for Stranger Damies. And if you don't know, Stranger Damies is the ongoing real play D and D podcast from the main Dam- Damie family of podcasts. Join them every Wednesday as the wild stallions traverse the many traps and tribulations that Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition has to throw in their path. There's elves, weird half-dragon people, conspiracies to uncover, and more references to the 1980s than Ready Player One. Subscribe to the podcast on all podcast services by searching Stranger Damies, and make sure you follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. And then the next guys that you have to follow is a really, they're they're a really funny um, podcast. They're run by these two guys, Kevin and Kevin, and it is called Gutting the Sacred Cow. And Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast is where comedy meets film debate. Kevin Goatee and Kevin Israel are two stand-up comedians who are film snobs that invite fellow comedians and podcasters to select movies they find overrated or hate. But here's the catch. The film they select must meet one of three criteria, financial success, wildly beloved, or critically acclaimed. Can the guest make a good enough argument that convinces both Kevins to agree that the guest has, quote unquote, gutted the sacred cow? You can hear the podcast on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google. Also, you can see them on YouTube. Go to guttingthesacredcow.com to find the link to your preferred platform as well as see their daily blogs and merchandise store. That's guttingthesacredcow.com. Kevin and Kevin, thank you. Now, I was actually on Gutting the Sacred Cow, and it's funny because I selected Batman vs. Superman as my uh, movie. And when I got onto the show, Kevin Goatee said at first he almost was going to deny me (laughs) that um, movie because he thought that it had already, quote unquote, been gutted. He thought that it was enough of a horrible movie that it would be as if kicking a dead horse. And Kevin Kevin Israel said to him, you know... uh, uh, Tia coming from Geek Fives Nation is more of a geeky thing. This kind of is in her wheelhouse, and there are people who are fans, so this would be a good thing. And I said to him, I said, there are a large number of people who really like Batman vs. Superman. I mean, come on, the release of Snyder Cut may be talking about Justice League, but, you know, that whole, like, love for it wouldn't exist if people didn't love Batman vs. Superman. And I swear to you, so we did the show, and we post it, and I swear we got so many people who were just, like, so mad that we did this. And I go to them, I go, see, I told you there were a lot of fans out there. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, Kanan, our editor-in-chief, did express that he disliked that that was the movie that I picked, but, of course, respected me for picking it because he's a fan as well. But the last podcast that I have to promote, it's a really simple one because it's one line, but um, it's called Music City Drive-In. It's hosted by Ricky and Jacob, and they are bringing you the latest in the world of film and preparing you for the next award season. Of course, movies and TV shows are like few and far in between in 2020, so who knows what the hell is happening 
with the award seasons, but they do a really cool thing where they go through all of the different years of what the Oscar nominees were, and they pretty much say who should have won the categories instead of those who did actually win. And it was a lot of fun because we did Geek Vibes Live this past week, and we invited Ricky onto the show because, I'm getting to it, um, Tom Palfrey was not nominated for his role in Ozark season three by the Emmy. He was completely snubbed and Ricky shared my passion for that. So I said to him, you want to be on the podcast so we can just bitch about it the whole time? He was like, yes. And I think we did a really good job about bitching about the fact that the Emmys, uh, did, they did nominate Ozark in general. They uh, nominate a few of the actors but you know they looked at tom pelfrey's performance and they're like nah nah so uh it just goes to show to me how the awards are bullshit but anyway um Brittany, let's get into this list you are getting the number one are we doing ones that we don't want to be a part in or like uh, uh, yeah, so the first five are going to be the ones that we wouldn't want to live in. Oh, shit. Then um, I'm going to go with, uh, let me look at my list here, because I have so many that I wouldn't want to live in. I have to see. Um, I am going to go with, because there is a part of me that's like, oh, that would kind of be neat to live in. Um, but part of me, no. I'm going to go with Walking Dead. I'm going to just come out strong with it because we both know. So I guess we should do movies and TV shows. (laughs) I I think about that. I'm sorry. Is that okay? Yes. Our, our just list gets so much longer. I mean, the title just gets so much longer at that point, but okay. (laughs) I I, I guess sit there and there's so many like extended universes whenever we do this that I was like, Oh, well that one, are you sure it's okay before I start? Yeah, go ahead. I just, Put it in the title. Uh, damn, I wish I would have known. I would have totally vented, like, uh, TV shows. It's okay. Go ahead. I was going to go with Walking Dead because tell me there's, uh, like, how many other shows would you be as not okay to be a part of when you know that, first off, you better kiss your family goodbye because nobody in that universe has kept a family member of theirs. Like, look at Rick. He uh, lost his son. Look at Shane. He lost everyone, including himself. You look at Carl. Lost his mother. And I go, okay. So, first off, so you're already going to lose your family. That's just, like, a given. Two, you go, okay, well, it's bad enough that I'm having to deal with zombies, right? You're like, okay, that that that's fine. And at some point, you know, they start to kind of workout where the zombies the walkers aren't even that huge of a deal right but then you got the humans and humans by nature are just assholes like legitimately especially right now we can see it so much more but it's like um i'm trying to find the word for it imagine everyone that you've ever come into contact, that you don't particularly care for, and now given the fact that they have a gun and that they're probably going to take whatever you have or that they're going to end up murderizing you at some point through this freaking show, and then you bring up every villain that we've seen through the series. So there's 
one, there's a chance that you're going to get cannibalized by people that just really want to eat you. You had the governor, right, who's basically a dictator. You had Negan, who either, if you're a part of his factory, well, you're going to have to work for points. And that may not seem as bad as the fact that if you're a part of one of the groups that Negan has under his thumb, then you have a point where you're going to be uh, giving him half of your shit. There's just, like, at no point have I went, well, that's kind of neat. I'd love to live in that world. It, like, I, like besides the characters being neat, I, there's no way I would ever want to be a part of a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I definitely would never want to live within The Walking Dead. That would be literally a nightmare um, on its own. You know, I, first of all, like, I would never survive at all. I just don't believe that I would, which would really suck because you think about that. The death that you would experience would be a really horrific and painful sort of death. So I wouldn't want that, the whole surviving. And I am sorry, I am very much a product of the 21st century. The idea of not having any of our sort of comforts would really suck, right? Um, first of all, food scavenging would be horrible. I mean, don't they mostly eat things like canned foods, right? So it's like, you know, your food supply would be extremely limited. Um, no showers, like, say, re- oh, God, remember, Brittany, in, what was it, the end of the first season, the beginning of the second season, where they got into the CDC, and they took a shower, and you saw, like, well, I mean, not Shane, and not, say, uh, Andrea, they weren't happy in their showers, but you saw, like, Rick and Laurie, you saw Glenn, and, like, uh, you know, T-Dog, and they all seemed like really happy to take a shower and it's like oh god but they must stink like you think about it they must stink and i know that sounds like a certain way but bathing yourself in personal hygiene is something that is one of like the human like basic necessities so that would be awful but yeah in general i would never want to live within the walking dead world oh i know because i was sitting there i was like well, first off, even if you want to do, like, say it's warm, because it's Georgia, right? It's warm most of the time. So you sit there and go, well, I could bathe in the water. Well, there's a good chance there's a zombie, in the words of, uh, oh, who said zombies instead of zombies? I'm trying to remember now. And being able to be, like, in the water and something just grab your leg and bite you. Like, I'd be afraid of all forms of water. I mean, at that point, you know how they say, like, rabbits? are so nervous that they can have a heart attack so easily, that would be me in the apocalypse. I'd be like, oh, I heard a loud noise. Well, I guess I'm just going to, like, kill over because at that point something bad <laughs> happened, you know? I mean, I feel like in The Walking Dead, I would definitely just try and attach myself to someone who clearly has a better grasp of what they're doing than me because there's no way I'd be able to, like, go about it on my own. But it certainly sucks because the thing about it, it's not even just the walkers, which is horrific enough. Like, that's horrific enough, but then it becomes this whole thing about these, you know, I was going to say these men. I know that you have Alpha, who's a woman, so it's not just the men. Let me stop myself in that. But you have these people who literally show, like, the true ugliness of themselves 
in The Walking Dead as a result of what happened, and they're just the worst. They're the worst, Brittany. <laughs> like, everyone that's, like, selfish, like, super selfish anyways in the world, like, the whole reason we had a toilet paper shortage was people just stocking up crazy. Oh, now God. imagine it's, like, it's the apocalypse, and, like, you have something somebody wants, and you don't have the strength to be able to keep it. At that point, you're like, well, what do you do? Well, the thing is, I know that every time we talk about The Walking Dead, I always bring up Terminus, right? But that's because, like, don't get me wrong. The governor is horrible. Negan was horrible. Uh, Alpha and the Whisperers are horrible. But to me, I find cannibals to be the worst of them all. Because if you are the person who has crossed that line and you are willing to eat other people, there's, like, no saving you. There's something lost in there, and you cannot beg or anything like that. You are literally food to them. So that would be the worst. And I still think that the scene where Rick and Glenn and Bob get caught at Terminus, and they're sitting, like, not saying they're kneeling over the bathtubs as the Terminus people are killing the people before them. It's still, like, that and Negan smashing Abraham and Glenn's heads to a bloody pulp are the most horrific scenes in The Walking Dead to date for me. Oh, that's like, um, so, like, The Walking Dead Telltale game, where it's like, yeah, you have the walkers and everything, but seeing, like, the people you deal with, like, the rapists and everything that kind of, like, went more into uh, what else would happen in a show like this, like, in a universe like that, you'd be like, I, I don't know, it's just scary at that well, point. Well, because you have... Sorry, I was just going to say you have this lawless universe where people feel free to do whatever they want because there are no consequences. I mean, that is... No, I'm saying... I mean, can, can you go to the police? Well, I guess that was the little thing with Shane. Now, I have to wonder, though, Shane would be like the last of us and would set up a very, like, uh, law enforcement and law enforcement-driven society where breaking rules would probably end in death. So maybe it's a good thing Shane didn't make that point. No, you always know I say that Shane just was... Shane just got it before anyone else did, right? Like, he just understood the new world before anyone else did. Because look at anything that Rick did from, like, season three or season four on... Look at what Negan did. Like, Shane just knew how to adjust while everyone else was still trying to hold on to the remnants of the old world. No, Shane did nothing wrong. Um, but great way to start uh, off the list. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say real quick, if you want to shorten that title, you could just call it Fictional Worlds and maybe not have to say TV and movies because it'll be a given. Probably better. Probably better, um, but but um, what you gonna call it? Let's move on. I will take number nine, and I feel like I would never, ever, ever want to live in this world. And it is the world of the purge, which almost oh feels sometimes God. like we're living in that. <laughs> so. Um, for those, I guess, who don't know, the whole concept of the purge is that at some point in the near, 
I want to say the near future. I don't think it's very far ahead that this whole universe takes place in, but at some point, the government of America reworked itself and their laws to say that um, only say, they figured out, okay, they figured out that like people will always have some sort of you know, criminal need within them. And so instead of having it where we just have this like society where people are always committing crime and blah, 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 just have it where one essentially night out of the week, because it's not a whole day or I don't know. It is for 24 hours, I believe. Sorry. I'm incorrect there. It is for, so for like a 24 hour period out of the year, you all laws are completely legal, even murder. And the whole concept is that it's supposed to be done one night of the week because then the rest of the year, everything's like hunky-dory, right? And it's like, that's awful. First of all, I saw this meme that was like, the purge kind of relies on the whole thing that people would just be like murdering and raping everyone when most people would probably just want to steal TVs, right? Like, I'm just going to say that if, if... the purge is real, I'd be like, oh, this is a great time to stock up my home, you know, for the rest of the year. But so you have like this one day out of the year where everything is legal and the sadisticness of people on that one day is insane. Now, let me say that I've only seen the first three movies. I did not see the movie that came out after purge um, election year. I didn't see the purge TV show, but from what I saw, the first three movies was enough, right? You have the first one that takes place in a home and it's this rich, wealthy family gang to see. And then the next two are mostly out in the street. But the real messed up part, Brittany, isn't just that people commit crime on that one day. And again, it's horrific crime. Like by the time we got to purge election year, people were like literally like beheading people in the middle of the street with a guillotine. It's like, what kind of sadistically creative shit is this? Right. But then you find out in the second and third one that the purge wasn't made so that people could say, get out their frustrations one day out of the year and not commit crime the rest of the year. It was done for population control because they knew that those in poorer areas wouldn't be able to afford these sort of, you know, home protection systems that those in the wealthy neighborhoods would be able to. Thus, the poor people, and more importantly, uh, minorities wouldn't be able to protect themselves. So therefore they are part of, they are the majority of the casualties for that day. So it's like this whole mess of shit by these crazy people. And first of all, if you have to know how like insane it sounds, the group of politicians are literally like naming themselves the new founding fathers of America, which just sounds so crazy. So yeah. The purge, I would never want to live in there because I wouldn't know what to do. That'd be terrible. <laughs> There's like I have a few things to note on this. One okay. you had like where people could sabotage you before it happened. Remember like that one girl her car got like messed with? Like oh, because yeah. they knew that her car would fail. So it's not even foolproof on like, oh nobody does anything until like right when the purge hits, right? Two the guillotine. Some motherfucker went into their home, crafted that thing all year, <laughs> waiting for this moment. Like, and like, we have people over, and they're like, "Oh, what's that? Oh, just for the purge? Oh, that's you know, that's a that's a very uh, 
that's a talking point. That's a like this <laughs> parties. I'd be like, and this is what I'm going to use on the first. Oh, nice. Very creative. Oh my god. Um, three. Um, okay. Remember the one where like the girl and her daughter are in the apartment, right? Or like her sister. I can't remember if it's her daughter or sister. It's her daughter. And, mm-hmm. the daughter. Okay. And they're like in the apartment, right? And like their landlord is all nice. He's probably been nice. But the mom at the first time, it's like it flips a switch where they're like, oh, I'm suddenly a sadistic rapist. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, like, nobody's that good at like, well, maybe, maybe people, I don't know, there's there's some sociopaths out there. I was going to say like, it literally is like a light switch. And then you sit there and you go, and you go, okay, like, okay, fourth point. Yeah, they're like the whole like population control. They're like, oh well, this is just like like who who sat there and went, this is a really good idea, you know? Psychologically, you know, like oh we just get this all out. Shit doesn't work like that. We don't just build all of it up until we pop. Like who sat there and went, this is a good idea, and most of everyone just accepts it. Yeah, like the like people in the poorer parts are like, yeah, this really sucks, and they want it gone. But at some point, somebody, like, there was enough voting happening, and that went, yeah, you know what, I really want to murder my neighbor. Like, how did that even go into effect? I I'm questioning. <laughs> you have well, Frank Grillo, and that's the only thing you got going for you. <laughs> well, I was going to say, right, speaking about your point of people who plan throughout the year, Frank Grillo's character in the second one, Anarchy, you find out had been planning for the whole year because his son was killed during a drunk driving accident, which, yes, okay, then crime is still committed throughout the year. Um, And so his son was killed during a drunk driving accident, but I guess something happened where the court threw out the case, right? And so for the whole year, he's preparing himself. He's, like, arming up his fucking car so it becomes bulletproof. He And he does go and disable their um, security system the night before so that it would be easy for him to get into it. Like, that was the whole thing. Um, and then, again, in Anarchy, I don't know if you remember, at some point – they go to these other people's houses who are just kind of like having like a party there. And then the sister kills like her own sister. Cause she's like, you slept with my husband, you son of a bitch. And it's like, Oh my God. Like people are just plant. So it's like, you don't know like who is planning your death because in the first one with that family, who got broken into, you find out that the whole block had been planning that murder for the whole entire year because they were jealous that he was the most successful one on the block. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, like, form a cult. Like, like they, they were too scared to go on the streets and they went to, like, buy someone and, like, sacrifice because they thing going on with like eat the rich it's like this one is very much like eat the poor because that's what's happening the entire entire all of the movies i will say yeah i mean okay so first of all in the second like in the second one right it was so sad because that mother and daughter 
I don't know if you remember, their the grandfather like agreed to be yeah. slaughtered by this rich family so that That's money could then be transferred. And I'm like, what the hell? I will say though, the best scene in Anarchy is when they do get trapped into like participating in those rich people's weird auction shit and Frank Grillo's character just like dominates and like gets the weapons from everyone and just starts fucking killing everyone and shit. Oh man, I was like, yes, yes. But it was crazy because then in and then it was crazy because then in election year, um, which was insane because then you had that one what you calls it? You had that one politician who wanted to abolish the purge, and because the powers that be didn't want that happening, they changed a rule because it was supposed to be that no politicians were to be touched, and they decided for that year to abolish that so that they could try to assassinate that politician. And I was like, oh my god, yeah. So the purge, I would never want to live in. Is literally the scariest thing ever. So yeah, hurt. But Brittany, what is your number eight of a fictional world that you would not want to live in? Okay, you're gonna have to level with me here because even though I haven't watched the movie, okay, just from hearing about it, seeing it, seeing clips, and I'm sorry if this was on your list, but John Wick. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've learned about John Wick. Okay. Wait, can I say really quick before you go, but this is on my list of worlds I would want to live in, so go ahead, though. (laughs) Then can we have both and do a different arguing point, like for and against, then? We could, Um, but no, tell me why you would not want to live in the world of John Wick. Okay, so at first, whenever you were explaining it, you know, John Wick, his dog dies, right? And you uh, you understand what like basically he was a hitman for like what the Russian mob and you go okay well that's wild enough as it is right like okay he's gonna go get revenge then as you're explaining it and you're like oh yeah it's a whole world like this you know there's just assassins I mean there's just things that happen and you go okay well this has got to be kind of weird right this has got to be kind of like oh a little bit but when you explain like with the continental uh, the continental hotel mm-hmm. and like something happens and he walks outside and everybody's phone starts lighting up in new york city and then you realize that apparently that's how people are affording their fucking rent in new york city is that everybody's <laughs> a freaking assassin God, I mean, you gotta pay that shit somehow and that's why i'm like sitting there i'm like everybody's a murderer you look at someone wrong somebody just wants to put a hit on you oh there's gonna be somebody out there and they're so calm about it, Tia. They have no emotion with it. They're like, well, it's just business. You even have friends killing friends in that because, like, a hit got put on them. And you'll, they're like, oh, you know it's nothing personal. Like, dude, I feel pretty personally attacked right now that you're trying to murder me. So, Tia, look at me through the phone and tell me. And uh, I guess if you're a normal person, right? Oh, and I have another question. Is everybody staying in the Continental for free? Like, who's all affording those days? I want to know how expensive a room is there, because I want to live there for life if it means that I'm not going to get murdered. Like, I have so many questions. 
Just so you know, I turned on the camera just so I could look you in the eye and tell you. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, it? I don't know what Aaron told you, but I literally texted him last night and said, you need to make sure that Brittany watches John Wick. <laughs> uh, so I, I did. I, um, I, uh, I upheld that promise that I made you. But, so, are you there, by the way? I feel like I lost you for a second. I didn't hear you. Oh, you're good. I just stopped breathing. Oh, okay. That's that's normal. (laughs) (laughs) No, all right. So, yes, I get what you mean, right, where it's, you know, you can easily get a hit taken out on you and you need to. But, like, that's, first of all, John Wick had that because he did something very stupid, right? He broke the rules. The rules of the continental, which, yes, you do have to pay to stay there, um, but not by, like, regular currency throughout the entire trilogy. You see that they use these, like, gold coins um, as, like, exchanging for stuff, so I don't know what the monetary value of that is or anything, but John Wick broke a rule, Their rules are very strict. You're not supposed to conduct any business in the Continental, i.e. not supposed to kill anyone. What did John Wick do knowing full well, because he had been in this business for a long time, what did he do knowing full well what the consequences were? He killed someone in the Continental. So I'm sorry, John Wick, you could have waited. But my thing is the reason why I would want to live in the world of John Wick is it's not all just about murdering people. All of these people are very wealthy to do people because they all are in this sort of world of under, say, the high table where they're all successful, all have money. And so, yes, there's the assassination. Sometimes those are the contracts that they are able to take. They don't need to do them. There's no um, obligation if they get a text message to say, but, you know, a lot of them do because that's how they make money. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to promote anything, but they get a contract, right? And it's for, like, $4 million. It's like, oh, well, you can look pretty well on that. I'm just saying. But I think that I would like it just because I think there's something cool about having this, like, secret society that truly runs everything instead of the mundane, like, bullshit that you think actually runs it. This whole, like, underground sort of um, world and society. I just think that's kind of cool because it just, I don't know. I don't know. There's something about it. I was like, that would be cool. You have this, like, hotel that has, like, every accommodation that you can think of that you can stay in. And that's across the world. It's not just in New York City. There's a continental everywhere in, like, every country. and Everyone's connected to it. So it's almost like an extensive sort of, you have everything available to you, right? And you can live, like, a really good life, like, I mean, yes, John Wick did a lot of things, but hey, he had like a nice house, you know, he had a nice wife, a nice life. And his whole thing was that, you know, just some Russian punk decided to take that all away from him. But I'm saying that John would not have all those people against him if he hadn't killed someone in the Continental and he knew what the rules were. 
because Ian McShane's character was there telling him, John, you know the rules right now. He's pretty much like, oh, don't do it. And John couldn't help himself. He did it. And that's that's that. the not that I don't think deserved it. It's the fact that that's, there's that million, there's that many of assassins just randomly there, right? And they're at that point in the street, just all their phones lighting up. And that means there's a whole bunch of other unseen people. No, I think the universe is cool, right? I love mm-hmm. the idea. Like when we talk about our stuff, like I love that. But I know for as shitty and pathetic as I am, that in that world, first off, if you're a normal person, right, then it's just like me and you right now, where we're sitting there is not much different than what we're doing with right now because we would never see any part of that world, right? So now Mm -hmm. imagine like we're in that world. It's like, get me as you are in some scary, illegal shit, doing something that you shouldn't do, so you have like increased your chance of getting murderized. And I'm sitting there going, well, how many freaking, like, gold coins do I have at this point? How long can I survive? Does that mean the moment I step out this door, are they going to give me, like, a head start before they try to kill me right outside the door? Like, I guess I just sit there, and I know how pathetic I am that I'm, like, I wouldn't survive long in that world. I can see that completely, but I just think that it's not all the time. It's people aren't always going to be after you. It's not the purge or it's like a constant. You can live your life. It's just business, right? And you would know if there's like a hit out on you, you get a text message alert. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, if you had the opportunity to live in that, you could live very well and do a lot of things. Like some of them are politicians. Some of them have a great influence with things. So, it's not all just about that. It's just think of it's like people living their normal lives, but they just happen to also be a part of this secret society, very Illuminati, because they all have their different influences across the world with, say, big government and everything. I would just like a little bit of that power. Okay, Brittany? I would just like a little bit of that power. <laughs> I need you having enough money that you could order a hit on me to make it look like an accident. No, I would never do that to you. That's so messed up. She is thinking every time that she's had to change the title because I put a freaking TV <laughs> show there. I'm like, no, what? <laughs> it was one too many, Britt. It was one too <laughs> many. One too many. No, I want everyone who's listening to this, I would never do that. Because then I would be lonely. I wouldn't have a friend. <laughs> I would just um, take a hit out. Stop it. I don't know who you are anymore. I would just take a hit out on someone else. What? I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) This got too much, but I respect you for putting John Wick down for number eight, even though you've never seen it. And it's even more so you need to watch it again. I texted Aaron and he said that, I quote, I may not get her to be able to watch all three, but I definitely think I can get her to sit down to watch the first one. And he's seen the first one, so he can attest to how good it is. So he's going to do it one day. He's going to do it. I'm just saying, you better be prepared. He's going to sit your ass down and make you watch John Wick. 
Oh, man. Uh, speaking on that note really quick, it, even though we like we had this back and forth, I'm probably going to want John Wick after this, whether it's watching. <laughs> you need to watch it, Brittany. I'm being, like, That's... super serial right now. I'm super serial. I'm super uh, serial. I'm going to read you the text message really quick on air. What, what did I say? I go, I have a project for you. He goes, what you got? Get Brittany to watch John Wick, all John Wick movies. And he goes, she's talked about wanting to watch it with me. That's why I laughed. I seriously doubt I can get her on every movie, but I bet I can get the first one out of her. I go, well, it's worth it. You'll like it too. Action, Assassins, and Keanu Reeves. What's not to love? And he goes, I've seen it before. I love that movie so much. I've seen half of the other movies. I would just randomly catch it on motels and such. I go, um, and then we talked about whatever, first one, blah, blah, blah. And then I go, uh, I go, one, I go, cool, though, so, I go, so your mission, if you choose to accept it, will be to get Brittany to watch John Wick, at least the first one. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. He goes, all right, we won't be able to tonight, but I will try to get her to watch it with me ASAP. So just want you to know that, Brittany. I put it in motion. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, well, how much was the contract? You didn't even offer like a monetary gain from it to you. <laughs> well, he has to deliver on the first movie first. And I'll give a down payment. We got to get you up until the third one. Um, oh, because, but, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Great pick for number eight, John Wick. I'm going to get number seven. And it is a movie that I definitely would never want to live in, even though it's one of my favorite movies. Um, oh. And it's Snow, and it's Snowpiercer. And oh Britney's, and Britney's watched it as well. Again, for those who don't know, Snowpiercer, directed by Bong Joon Ho, starring Chris Evans, is about the world obviously fucking up with global warming, which is a real thing, by the way. And all of these countries deciding to pretty much shoot off this chemical into the sky to help lower the temperature and essentially save them from global warming. Well, guess what? It backfired right in their faces and instead plunged them into a horrific snow age. Ice age. I don't know why I said snow age. Ice age. And the only and then and then the only thing is that there was this train constructed to go around the world. Um, and so pretty much all these people bought tickets to go there. Some got on, you know, whatever. But so this train has been going around the world, you know, consecutively for every day for 17 years straight. So first of all, in general, um, you're living on a train for 17 years and that sucks like right away. I don't even care if you're in like the upper carts where like everything's all cool and nice. You're in a train that, you know, could easily get off track, could, you know, fuck up with the engines, but, and we do see at some point, remember they like, you know, have to jump a track, which is always like, Oh God, are we going to make it or not? So, you know, that's the, you can't ever go to the outside world or you'll freeze to death. But then that's like, okay, you're pretty good if you're in the upper carts because you bought like a really expensive ticket and you're living the high life. There's clubs, sauna, sushi, blah, blah, blah. But if you live in the back carts because you're the people who popped on without tickets, 
you live like the most miserable life. You're packed up like sardines. The hygiene is terrible. It's awful. You're fed literally these like jello bars every day, which you find out are made from ground up bugs. And every so often the people who are in charge of the cart come and take your children because you find out later that they need your children to get into the little small confines of the engine workings. And on top of that, if you, God forbid, try to speak out of place, um, you'll have limbs frozen off of you. So in general, it is such an awful existence. Oh, and one last thing before I pass along to Brittany when the back carts were first brought onto the train, they weren't given any food at all, so they literally cannibalized each other. So, yeah, um, Snowpiercer, I would definitely not want to live in that world. Brittany, thoughts? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I was going to say, first off, like, I have to sit there, especially with this world, like, okay, if you got a ticket, right, you have to imagine... Like, how much would one of those tickets cost? Like, if you took your whole life savings, like, what would be enough to buy a ticket? So you sit there and you go, well, it's probably more than my life is worth, right? So you sit there and you go, okay, well, I guess I'm on the back cart. So already instantly you're like, I don't want to live in that world. Also, I don't want to live in the world where the whole world's frozen and you have to ride around a big old train. Uh, Another question it costs all this money and the ticket and everything, but what the sense? What what does it even mean to have like like that much money at that point? You know what I mean? Like, what's the sense of like monetary gain at that point to even have tickets that you sold if you can't even use money on the freaking train because you own the train? So that's another point. Also, next one is like. Um, I'm trying to think of the word for it. I I was such a tiny kid that I feel like I would have already been sacrificed to the train god at that point. (laughs) You would have. You would have. (laughs) Sacrificed to the train god. But, uh, but yeah, it just sounds awful. And also, like, I get it. I feel like at some point, like, we will, like, change to an insect-based protein because it's more sustainable. But, like, the way that they were doing where it's just ground up goo and it's just like heated up goo and you're like okay never mind like that's pretty nasty like the way it was like melted down and I guess it's sort of like like you know how it's like the way our food's made is probably ultra disgusting ultra horrifying enough that people become vegetarians vegans but like I don't want to see it and uh, for those people that had to see the insects it's like they did not need to see that either like it was already bad enough as it is so that whole world <laughs> seems awful there's nothing really redeeming about it and even when they get off the train things are still frozen maybe not like super super like they were but you're still looking like a few years like like another 17 years before the world is enough like thawed actually be kind of like almost enjoyable if that makes sense yeah um if we ever do get to the point where we turn to a bug-based diet i hope it's more appetizing than that (laughs) make it into like a burger or something right 
But, yeah. The other thing is, too, really quick, is that if you're sitting there going, the time it would have made to take a make a train track that would go all the way around the world, why not build an underground society where it's like it's way easier to insulate, whether it's hot or cold, going deep enough in the ground, and then you could have had animals and, like, a, like some way to basically do all of that because I feel like you would have been able to stretch and, like, have way more people underneath there. But, hey, that's just me. <laughs> that's just mine, you know. It's, um, that's but that's not my business. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. It's just, it, as like, even if you lived in the front carts, right, where there's so much afforded to you, as I said, you have clubs, you have libraries, they do have um, greenhouses even in there, sushi bar, freaking, you know, you have a lot of stuff there. It looks like, wow, really cool, but you're still on a fucking train for 17 years just going around and around and around and around and around, and that is just, first of all, if you had any sort of motion sickness, claustrophobia, it would not be good because it's been a long time since I've been on a train. I haven't gone to, to the city in a while, but even that like half hour ride, say on the train to the city is uncomfortable to me because of how like the train rocks and shit. So I can't imagine what that's like 24 seven living on the train, unless it's different because it's a different sort of train or because they've just gotten used to it. But I am in general just so not like a train person. I hate public transportation. It's why I own a car, not own a car. I lease a car. I lease a car. And um, I would never want to do like one of those cross country, like train tours, unless it had a lot of wine in it. But regardless, would never want to do this. So yeah, Snowpiercer, definitely a no, no. Brittany round us out with the would nots um, with number six. You know what? Hearing the uh, sirens in the background is very good. I'm going to go with the, the Christopher Nolan Batman series. Because oh, the Dark Knight series, yes. Because you're sitting there, right? Do they already, like, even if you go from, like, the Joker movie standpoint, even though it's not Christopher Nolan... The whole city is, like, in disarray. Like, I know it's such a nod to, like, the whole reason, like, why it was called New York City was called Fear City at some point. I think is a really good nod to, like, how the Batman, like, Gotham City is. Where it's, like, crime is so amok that, you know, murders are basically an everyday thing. You have the mobsters. And you have, like, drugs. And you have all these awful things happening. Which is already bad enough as it is right? Like, people having to deal with that, but then at some point when you're like, oh, yeah, there's a guy named Scarecrow, and for some reason he decided to make, like, a fear gas and horrify everybody because, you know, he's just kind of a dick like that. Then you have the Joker himself, who just wants to uh, watch the world burn, basically, and causing mayhem, basically for mayhem's sake, and, uh, like, that's what's getting me about everybody's motives in this, is that people are just being a dick to be a dick. Already <laughs> in the city that's already awful and already messed up. They're like, you know what, let's throw some more chaos in there. 
Uh, then, if you have a hero, he's probably going to become the villain. What is it like? You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Well, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so even good people in this, oh, all the politicians are corrupt. The cops are bought off, and you go, okay. Well, you have Batman at least, right? That Batman is not always going to be there. Um, there was another point. Of, oh, then you have Bane, who's like a crazy like. Like, not an eco-terrorist, but, like, still a terrorist, like, with some fucked-up ideals. And, oh, I should just explode Gotham City and start anew because, basically, the city's a lost cause. And it's like, okay, well, that's being really freaking, like, like radical there, buddy. You don't even live there. You don't even know anything to do with it, really, because Rajah Ghul and his daughter are, like, freaking mad men slash women. Uh, not to be sexist there, not joking, <laughs> but it's like the whole city is just like messed up, and so like you have to wonder, okay, if this is what's going on with this city, you still have all the other cities that are probably dealing with something like at least sort of messed up, and I guess it's just like as cool as Batman is, as cool as Gotham City is, and all these villains, I would not want to live there. I would probably pay to not live there. I don't know, like, and, and the whole thing is, is that what really gives me, like, that New York City vibe is a lot of people are like, just leave. And they're like, we can't leave. This is our home. And it's like, dude, just get out. Like, just go somewhere. I mean, if you think about it, though, that's the same thing. Like, people who live where there's a lot of, say, tornadoes. It's like, well, why don't you just fucking move? It's like, no, that's your home, right? That's, like, your home. Did you know that I did read that the inspiration for Gotham City is actually Chicago and not New York City? It's Chicago during the age. Yeah, it's Chicago during the age of like Al Capone and all of that stuff and how pretty much the mobsters in Chicago ran that city. Yeah, I read that because I've always thought that it was actually New York City. And when I read up on, say, Gotham... What did you say? It was modeled off in New York City. Like, it very, like, gives me the New York City vibe. Like, not Chicago at all. That's crazy. Well, you have to remember, again, Al Capone and the uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre and all of that was Chicago. The Tommy guns and, you know, the lawlessness that happened, that wasn't New York City. That was, um, that was Chicago. I'm going to look it up now. <laughs> I am going to look up. Especially in the older TV shows, they did go very, like, mafia with it. I just always, like, from, like, an outside view, not really knowing those cities, I just went straight from New York City. That's, like, how I blew um, uh, Britney's mind by telling her that Albany is the capital of New York, not New York City. All right, so it was, um, so it says that actually that Gotham City is traditionally depicted as being located in the U.S. state of New Jersey. Over the years, Gotham's look and atmosphere, Gotham's look and atmosphere have been influenced by Chicago and New York City. So, there you go. Just like America. 
America. But yeah, I would. So it's so funny. I thought about this as well, how I would not want to, in general, I wouldn't want to live in Gotham City just because it's pretty terrible. But especially Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight uh, trilogy, the way that he crafted his Gotham City, there's always something happening, right? You have in the first movie, as you said, uh, Jonathan Crane doing his fear toxin to put into the water so that people could become crazy. And then you have the League of Shadows of Raj al Ghul wanting to destroy everything. In the Dark Knight, you literally have the Joker just completely threatening to destroy everything, you know, with his chaos and what have you. I mean, he literally put he literally forced everyone off the island to be in these big boats and then told them that he held the key to bombs in each boat on the other boat and that if they don't bomb the other boat then he's just going to bomb both of the boats at midnight what the fuck um and then you have in the third one the dark knight rises bane literally uh closes off gotham city to the rest of the world tells them that, you know, they have a chance to save their city. But in reality, that bomb's going off either way. There is no saving the city in, like, four months or whatever. And so they had to live in this, like, lawlessness for that amount of time. It's insane. I'd be like, can I breathe? I'm getting the hell out. No, see, I'm telling you, Brittany, like, we definitely, you know, have, especially in New York, a pride of this is, our state, you know, our city, blah, blah, blah. But I'd get the hell out of Gotham City. <laughs> I, wouldn't go, I wouldn't go to any city that has a superhero in it, right? So Gotham City, Metropolis, Central City, those those are all out the window. All out the window. <laughs> um, yeah, so I love it. I love it, Brittany. Um, before we move into the section of worlds that we would want to live in, do you have any honorable mentions? I'm trying to think. Uh, probably, what's it, 28 Days Later? Mm-hmm. Yeah, another zombie uh, movie. Definitely not. Um, uh, as much as I love Silence of the Lamb. Uh, I would not want to live in that world because apparently there's like a million serial killers and uh, like a lot of women get murdered by serial killers. So you know what? I, I'm i going to take myself out of that demographic and just not be in that world. And um, I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, oh, Saw. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, anything that has to do with oh, oh. Um, if I'm gonna go with another TV show, probably Supernatural. Because even though I think Supernatural is so freaking cool, uh, everybody get murderized, especially in small towns. And I'm from a small town, so I don't need that working against me, Tia. Uh, you know what? I don't freaking blame you whatsoever. Um. So I guess for, say, mine, I definitely wouldn't want to live in the world of the boys because superheroes suck in that one. Um, I wouldn't want to live in Game of Thrones because just, no, everyone gets killed all the time in that. 
Um, and I wouldn't want to live in the world of narcos because that shit really happened and no, thank you. So those are definitely not any worlds that I would want to live in. <laughs> Man, so, uh, it's so cool. But um, let's move on to the second section of the worlds that we would want to live in. And I'm going to hit the number five here. And you're going to laugh at me. Like, you're going to laugh so much. So I'm now adding some TV shows now. So, boo. Um, but I would, what did you say? I just laughed at you. So I added um, Halt and Catch Fire. And I'll tell you why I would want to live in this, because I really do love the whole idea of living during the age of where computers and technology were really transforming into being more used in a personal setting. I just think that there is something so cool about this boom of that time with technology and how it all seems sort of like wondrous, right? We totally don't have anywhere. No one... Googles and Oz at phones, you know, it's something that we use. Computers is something I use. It totally has lost this sort of mysticism with it, right? Um, and I was thinking about this a lot because about two weeks ago, I interviewed this um, documentary guy, documentarian, documentary director um, named uh, Philip Shane. And he is actually doing, and this is not like really I, it's a promo. I wasn't intending to do this promo for him, but definitely it's a promo. Um, Philip Shane is wanting to do this Kickstarter project to do a documentary on this game called Mist, which was a game that came out in 1993. What did you say? Mist, spelled like M-Y-S-T. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you should definitely listen to the interview then. It was really good. Um, he's very passionate about it, and he wants to do this documentary, but he's doing a Kickstarter for it so that he could obviously gain the type of funds to interview people, do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So make sure you check that out because it was a fantastic interview, and it really, his passion and why he wants to do a documentary on this game really reminded me of Halt and Catch Fire with how the world was just discovering computers, being accessible, being affordable than the whole object of video games, because they do touch upon that in Halt and Catch Fire of how that whole world was transformed, the world of online communication with chat forums and all that. I just love it. So it doesn't necessarily, and of course, yes, I love the character, so why wouldn't I want to live in a world where uh, Lee Pace and Scoot McNary exist as fictional characters? But I'm saying that the whole thing of where the discovery and how accomplished it felt to be a part of something like that is what really kind of makes me gravitate towards something like Halt and Catch Fire and why it would be a world that I want to live in, because it seems like you know how they say that, like, space is the final frontier, right? Because we've discovered everything. And that's how I almost feel about, say, technology. It's like we've discovered everything, right? How 
how much can we really change everything? Phones don't really change anymore. They all look the freaking same. Computers don't really change or anything like that. But back then, it's like the shapes of TVs, the shapes of computers, the shapes of this, you know. Everything was just like a new discovery and figuring it out as it went along. So I know this is like a whole lot, but I really do. That's why I love like the idea of the boom of computers during the 80s and the early 90s are just so cool to me. Like, before I go any further, remember, Brittany, like, I know you're a few years younger than me, but remember when we, like, grew up, they, like, went really creative, especially, say, computers. I never owned a Macintosh, but the bubble computers that were all different colors and all that, even the iPods were all... Even the iPods all came with different colors. Phones came in all different shapes and sizes. I had a phone that literally was a cube, and they just don't do that anymore. And it's so freaking boring. And I get that the whole thing is like, oh, well, we improved the software. I'm like, but there's something so cool about the hardware and the aesthetics that are completely lost these days. So, sorry, that's my whole spiel. I would love to live in Halt and Catch Fire, but what do you think, Brittany? I was going to say, like, Hot and Catch Fire, like, you, like, the way you talk about, like, it would be neat to live, like, and even though, like, for a lot of people, you know, older than us, that was the world they lived in, but I think it's, like, for you and I, we're living in a moment where we're, we are so technologically advanced, we're going to have to make a, another huge leap for us to see something. Like, there's some people that, like, Okay, you take my, my great-great-grandpa, right? The one I knew when I was younger. He lived, he was born in, eight, I think, like, 1897 or, like, 18, 1890-something, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, he lived through watching the television come in. He watched basically, mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm trying to remember when electricity was widely used, but I don't think he had electricity when he was younger. You know, he watched the TV come in, he watched the phone come in, he watched, like, cell phones budding, computers coming into motion, saw, you know, World War II, saw, you know, uh, black and white television become color television, he lived through the, through the Great Depression, and I'm like, this man saw everything coming in, but for us, like, we need to see, like, teleport- teleportation shit happen before we go, yeah, that's really amazing. It's just, I don't think it's just, I feel like we hit such huge leaps. That's why we get so excited, like, about landing things on Mars, because to us, you know, we didn't live whenever we saw a man get put on the moon. And I think to live in that universe where it's kind of like that world where you're getting to see, you having that excitement, like, oh, my God, could you imagine, like, not having all that and then people announcing on TV, like, look at these. And you're like, well, holy shit, that's awesome. But you're getting to a point that you can even make it advanced enough to play games on. And I get excited because, you know, it's like with me getting my computer science degree, I I get interested in that stuff. I want to learn about that stuff. But also on the video game aspect, PC gaming really took over, like, everything compared to even console games because it was supposed to run things much better. But that's what gave, like, video game companies another stronghold because you even look like World of Warcraft. But I uh, I think back to even being younger, and uh, when my brother had first moved out, and all of his friends would come over with their computers and have these big LAN parties, and, you know, getting to all hang out and drink and just, like, play these video games was so neat, and it was such, like, 
like, but I feel like now I'm at that age or at that time where everybody lives in separate houses and they, you know, want to, you know, play a game, but you're never meeting up and really talking to each other, especially not right now, but, you know, hanging out and doing like that. But back then, you really did all bring your computers together to play something because it was, like, the only way you really could and the easiest way of doing it because, like, uh, nowadays you have, like, Discord or, like, voice chat where you can just put on your headset, talk to each other, and do it. But back then you couldn't really do that. If you wanted to talk to another person, you're either tied to your landline or you're having to be right there with them. And I think it was so much more of a of a community for like that type of computer driven things. And I was like, Oh, that would be, I miss those times. So I couldn't imagine what it would be like back then too. Well, okay. Do you remember back in the day where if you had a game boy and you wanted to play with someone, you had to sit across from them and like plug in the shit with someone else. So yeah. And the thing is that like for us, I'm trying to think. I feel like the biggest thing, like, all right, growing up, when I went to high school, I had a cell phone. Obviously, cell phones aren't, you know, what they are now as they were back then. But cell phones still existed. It's just they were improved upon. And I guess maybe the biggest thing was, like, the. I wouldn't even say that it was that big, but maybe the transformation from VHS to CD to then say digital. But again, that's all like, I don't even know if that's even say that awe inspiring, right. Or or maybe we're just so jaded by the fact that this is just the norm. Right. Um, But what you would call say, yeah, like our grandparents literally lived through the fact that like they had radio and television sets weren't even something that you had in your home. And then to have, I mean, God damn, didn't our grandparents live through a time where they didn't even have microwaves and then suddenly there was microwaves in the freaking house, right? You know, like things like that. Um, I just feel that. Like, you know, it's like, like, even, like, uh, like, just in a neat way, it's, like, even though uh, Aaron's parents have, like, you know, an electric oven, his mom has, like, an old Amish stove, like, where you actually have to put fire, like, put wood in there and light it on fire, and it burns really hot, but there was a time that, you know, they didn't have that either, that was their normal, was to just put wood in it and, like, actually have to heat up the stove manually, well, that's just crazy. Um, that's insane. I can't imagine doing that every day. But, yeah, no, no, exactly. It's um, It just feels like there's really no – okay, this is going to be, like, such a bad comparison. I'm almost going to butcher it a little. But there was some comedian – I almost want to say it was Jerry Seinfeld, but I don't know who really it was – but, like, someone made a point of people who are bitching about there being no Wi-Fi in an airplane, right? And it's like, holy shit, guys, we're in a metal tube literally flying in the air. Does no one, like, grasp the mysticism of how that's even possible? And it's like, no, it's because we're so jaded. That's such a thing. We're just going to bitch and complain about there being no Wi-Fi. And that's how I feel like nowadays. And I know this is getting, like, on a deeper level than it probably needs to. But I swear, again, this is why I just love the show Halt and Catch Fire and how I would just love to, like, 
live in that time and live in that world just to sort of experience that and know that I had a hand in helping the future get to the future pretty much. You know what it's going to be for us, right? It's going to be flying cars. When they finally are able to figure the fuck out, that's what it's going to be. That, like, not even electric cars, it's going to be flying cars. I want to live long enough to see something really, really cool happen, but I think the, probably the biggest thing we're going to see in our lifetimes, like seriously, is going to be the vaccine for COVID, cause especially because there's so much hope on it, but also I think it's the first like mRNA vaccine that's actually going to be completed and hit the market, which I think was like experimental in its own right, and they had, had not been able to make it fully really work yet, and I think that's going to be pretty exciting, especially because no generation has quite seen like anything like what we're dealing with now like i asked my parents like i've seen nothing like this i've asked people that are like much older like in their like 70s 80s and they're like yeah we lived through some shit but not something like this where like it's bad enough that they're shutting down schools and shutting down businesses over it so i think like i think that this i'm sorry (laughs) It's a, I was just saying, like, I'm saying this is a good one, but I'm just saying, like, I think this is probably the biggest thing we're going to live through. Well, I was going to say that, um, you know, I mean, the Spanish flu was pretty bad. And if you look at pictures of how people combated it, it is very much reflective of what we're dealing with. People wearing masks, people having signs like stay home. Don't. There was a, a woman who was wearing a mask and she had a baby carriage and she literally had a sign like don't touch my baby, <laughs> like, you know, um, and they had things like stay home, you know, wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. So I think that is similar. I do think that's a good one, honestly. Um, that's a good one to say that that would be something that if we live through that and they do, that's going to be huge. I also think that if they find the cures for HIV and cancer, those are going to be huge. Um, So here's hoping that we at least live through something uh, awe-inspiring because shit's boring. No, um, but yeah, so Halt and Catch Fire is definitely my number five. Brittany, what's your number four? I know this is going to seem silly and it's kind of going back on a past one. Uh, it may not be the greatest world to live in, but I think it's neat. Deadwood. I thought that universe is so cool, especially because it's supposed to be on, like, real facts. But, you know, we just talked about, like, that that feeling of, like, being a part of something and something big. The hopes and dreams that all these people had coming to Deadwood to find their fortune and watching these businesses set up basically overnight and all the different types of people that were coming in. The only thing is is that it was lawless, right? But you got Mm -hmm. to see legends like Wild Bill come in, you know? People that, like, it was so much more, it it was so much more easy to be awestruck and inspired by, like, the people you were seeing around you because you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And, like, these, like, close-knit communities, you know, the excitement that people had when a new person came in because, you know, their town's growing. And I think, like, that kind of sense of community along with it, even though Al was awful, then there was a lot of plotting and murder going on. But it was like, I don't know, I love old westerns, and it's like, especially where I've grown up, where, you know, it's more of a southern area, and, you know, we do have our pastures and our farms and everything. I think it's like, 
I don't know. I think the it's awesome that the world is so big, but I have to wonder, like, what would it be like to be in a place so simple that it's so kind of, like, closed off that, you know, every day is basically an adventure because you're like, oh, my God, it's just, it's growing. Yeah, like, yes, it's dangerous, but there's that sense of, like, I'm going to find my fortune here. I'm going to make a better life for myself than where I came from and the chances that these people were taking. And it's like, I don't know. I just think it's really cool. No, I love it, honestly. Um, I do have to say it just because I think it's just a little funny. Um, it's funny that you were saying how, uh, with Deadwood, it reminds you of, right, a, which you calls it, oh God, like, like a Southern thing, right? And the real Deadwood is located in South Dakota, which is pretty much like all the way up top. So it's just funny, but everything like looks Southern, right? Back then, um, because but, especially because they make it look more deserted, and another thing that gets me is they make that area look so warm, but those areas are so freaking cold, Tia. That whole series that you see, it, it never really takes place in winter. They always skip it, but they make it look, oh, everybody's in short sleeves. It's hot outside. The sweat on the ground. I'm like, it's freaking cold up there <laughs> most of the time, like, Aaron got a job offer there one time, and he was like, no, thank you. I do not feel like freezing to death. I guess just because maybe it was in the summers and they were wearing, like, thicker uh, outfits back then, like the material that they used for their clothing. But I do understand what you mean with, say, Deadwood, where it's more of the, um, un like, uncharted territory you're going there for a better life it's the whole people who went out west in search of gold you know in search to improve their lives and better their lives i will say though deadwood being such a lawless town and how really like as women our only options would be like the gem um so i don't know how great that would be say for us for the guys, it would obviously be better. <laughs> rich, uh, like, uh, prospector. Yeah, but, and then you have Al, who's just the worst. But, no, I, I do love it because there is something, there is something so cool about the whole idea of that there was this town at some point that was completely separate from American law. It's like, how is that even possible? Like, only back then was shit like that possible, that you could have a town that was essentially its own, um, like, its own country. <laughs> like, I know that oh, sounds no. silly, but, yeah, so it is, like, really strange. And to see, like, like you know, back then, that people were so, like, well-known for things, right? As you said, you have Wild Bill, Calamity Jane. It's like people got so famous. And what was cool, too, and Paul and I talk about this sometimes, that you can't do this nowadays. But literally back then, it's like you could just settle and just literally build a freaking like, business, right? Or build a home. And there you go. There's your home. You're like, oh, you see that piece of land over there? I'm going to do that. Now it's like, oh, no, I got to call the bank and I got to get approval and I got to, you know, get this loan and that loan, this paperwork and this paperwork, and this has to be approved. And, you know, they got to take a look at all of my freaking 
you know, past history on everything and blah, blah, blah. And even if I have the money, you know, if I have a bad uh, history of stuff, you know, blah, blah, no, no. Back then it's like, no, 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 I'm just going to take some wood and make, make something. And it's like, ah, wow, that's really cool that you could have done that back then. (laughs) Can't do that now. (laughs) So I I do like that. Brittany, your phone definitely, like, is doing that thing where you sound really small. I, you could definitely believe me. Go back and listen sometimes. It's like, Rawr. can I hear you now? Yes. I was going to say that it's, like, what gets me, too, about some of the laws that they would do, like, uh, contracts or, like, oh, a deal. It's, like, some of that stuff would not hold up, like, like them wanting to buy that land from Al and Al's like, yeah, but you know, you can't do this and you can't do that. But also I want this part of your money until, you know, and it's like, I feel like there's things like that to protect well, now. people. Yeah, well, but I'm, now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that's the only part that sucks. Like dealing with things like that. Or if you got money, like in Deadwood, there's someone that might murder you because they want your land because <laughs> they found out there's a bunch of gold on it. <laughs> I still love it though. I still love it. Definitely with all these cast of characters living in Deadwood. Um, it, it would be interesting to say the least. And I would like to know Wild Bill before he was unfortunately shot to death. Um, but I'm going to hit the number three and I'm actually going to do a movie. And I know that maybe some people wouldn't say want to live in this world, but I think it's really cool. It's definitely an underrated movie that most likely not a lot of people have watched, but the movie is called Push, and it took oh. place in. Now it took place in two thousand and nine, and Push is one of those things where, like, it's a like a I don't want to say superhero type of movie, but like people with abilities. It's not based on a comic or anything, so I thought that it was pretty innovative in that retrospect. So you pretty much have this world where. Um, different people had different have different abilities, and there's a number of categories, right? Like, I think about six or seven. I can't remember all of them, but pretty much you have people who are telekinetic, people who can scream really loud and literally shatter things and, like, burst your freaking eardrums. You have people who are able to influence what you think and implant memories in your mind, people who can listen to the future. So you have, like certain categories of powers that people could, um, whatchamacallit, have. And I always thought that was really cool. Like, I almost like that idea where, as opposed to it being where, you know, in, say, Marvel or DC, where, like, every superhero has a different sort of ability and it's unique to each person, where instead there's, like, groups of people who have certain sort of abilities I, I don't know, I just like that, and there, it's just interesting, the world in on its own. Like, I think it would be a kind of interesting world to sort of live in where you maybe aren't the only one with that sort of ability, and in general, I just like the movie. I think it's super underrated. It's certainly not flawless in any sort of situation, um, just because it was done by a more, like, independent studio, didn't necessarily have the budget, and it kind of falls somewhat in the uh, category of being very typical of the time, 
right? Like it, it threw in like a love story in there that did not need a love story. But back then it's like every movie needed to have a love story to push it. Um, and it is interesting when you see movies like Iron Man that came out in 2008. And certainly I would say that that movie holds up more than say push does from 2009. But I still really enjoyed it. You have Chris Evans in it. You have a whole bunch of characters in it that are really good. And in general, I think that I would like to live within this world. Oh, yeah. Like, when you first brought it up to me, I was like, that'd be so neat because you got your sniffers, your bleeders, your screamers. Uh, I'm trying to remember all the names that they had for them. The yeah, there's so many. <laughs> like. Like I always, I like that. That was how they came up with like their categories more than like, oh, you know, the people with uh, telekinesis or telepathy or you know, it was just like so simplified. And I think it'd be so neat to have a power like that. So like the sniffers scare me. But I'm like, oh, you can uh, find me anywhere, huh? That's kind of scary. I feel like I wouldn't be able to go away from you. It's like basically having like human versions of like bloodhounds constantly after you, but the smarts of a human. Like uh, it's like, but it's so cool though. Like I, I would love to be in that universe and have some kind of power because you have to wonder if there's like a. But you, well, it's the bad part is like the hierarchy of powers, like what considered elite power you know i i just like i don't know i think it's like with x-men it's like i so badly want to have a power i was like i'll take it from any universe please (laughs) no yeah i think that is funny right it's like just give me a power please um and it's like if you can hone your power because as you said there's like a hierarchy right because you have say um I don't necessarily know how to pronounce his name. I do apologize. You probably would definitely recognize him, Brittany. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Remember, he was um, Ronan's, like, right-hand man, the guy who, like, you know, when Peter Lord was, uh, not Peter Lord, wow, when Peter Quill was, like, on Star-Lord, and he was like, who? Um, uh, his name is, again, I'm going to butcher it, but Digimon... Honso, if I'm mispronouncing anyone's listening, please let me know. I hate, like, mispronouncing people's names. But he plays a very powerful character where he can, like, make you that you're convinced that you had a memory that never really happened. He literally convinces Corey Stoll's character to put a gun in his mouth and pull the trigger because he's like, oh, you know that the bullets, you know, there's no bullets in the gun, but, you know, there were bullets in the gun effectively killing him. And he's just so powerful in it. And you want to know it's so funny looking back on this movie, Brittany? Uh, um, the guy who plays Icicle on the star girl is in this movie as well <laughs> and i didn't realize it at all it was like what did you say what is he in a- um he is a telekinetic like chris evans character and he's pretty much um Dijamon's character's right hand man there's a really cool scene actually i have to send it to you later with um Chris Evans' character versus them at this, like, restaurant. But it's really cool. But anyway, 
Yeah, as you said, like, I want power so badly, and push seems like a cool world, because it's not, like, as big as it could. I talked about this with Juwan. It could have had the potential to really, like, expand its universe if it was, well, you know, better known and maybe, like, had a bigger studio behind it. But, you know, it doesn't have, like, all the messiness, say, that, like, X-Men have, that they have to deal with and all that. It's uh, a little smaller scale, so you can kind of just, like, live your normal life, just have powers along with it. No one's forcing you to like put on a cop. There's no costume heroes in this. None of them are in costumes. They're just people with powers. And I I just really like that. I just think it's cool. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's freaking awesome. So yeah, I would like to live in the world of push, but Brittany, wow. We like flew here. Uh, we're down to number two, which is your number one. So tell me, what is the number one world that you would want to live in? I'm going to go with, like, Harry Potter. Because oh. only if I was a witch slash wizard, though. Because nobody wants to be a muggle in that universe, and we all know it. But, <laughs> but like, it's so cool, the things that they can do. And you know how, like, you think so badly, like, Oh, I want to learn something new. I want to, like, harness my craft. But imagine a world where you literally, you get to go to a school for it. You have your studies. You're all taken care of. You do almost have your competitiveness. You have, like, a half that sorts you into different houses, depending on your personality. And you kind of get grouped. The only thing is, is I feel like that's very, like, dividing. That it's like, oh, who did you, like, what house did you get? Oh, Slytherin. Oh, well, you must be an instant asshole. You know, I don't want anything to do with you. You're kind of like, uh, well, okay then. But uh, I just think about in that universe, it's like how cool it would be to learn these spells and be able to do these things or learn basically how to teleport. Uh, You know, you do have your bad parts, like, you know, he who must not be named, you know, Voldemort. But also, like, the sports that they have, in, the mythical creatures that they have in it that you you learn about. I think the world's so neat and so, like, interesting and, like, all the things you can do in it is so, like, mystical that even, like, going to when I went to uh, Disney, right? Not Disney, uh, Universal Studios. Is it Disney or Universal Studios? It's Universal Studios, right, that Harry Potter's at? Yes. I mean, I yes. wouldn't know because I've never watched Harry Potter, but I'm assuming it's in Universal and not Disney World. Yeah, it's Universal. I don't know. Like, I assume everything's Disney now because Disney's going <laughs> to. That is true. Uh, what? But it's Universal. Uh, when I went to the Harry Potter part of it, and it was so like even going there where they have like the. Uh, like, the little town, they had, you know, the alley where uh, Harry Potter buys, you know, his books, or he gets his wand for the first time, and even that was such an adventure and so cool. Could you imagine actually living in that world to be able to do those things? It would be so cool, and learning, like, how to get better at it. I don't know. I just love shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, listen, if Kelly were on with us right now, she would 100% agree with you. She loves Harry Potter. Um, you know, I've never, I, I watched the first movie a long time ago when it first came out. I can't tell you anything that happened in it, but I don't blame you. This is such this magical, mystical world that I feel that so many people would love 
to live within. And it's, you have Harry Potter, you have wizards, you have all that. And yes, now you think you say it, the whole like categorization is a bit uh, wrong. You know, what's so funny though, Brittany, I have played a Harry Potter game for the PC back in the day. And I loved the Quidditch matches. Um, And you have all that, right? (laughs) And you have all that. And that would be a really cool thing to live within. And also it kind of goes into the whole society underneath a society right? You have what you would consider, quote unquote, the normal world with the humans, the muggles. But then underneath all of that is where you have the freaking, um, whatchamacallit, the wizards and blah, blah, blah. Like, I do know a few things about the world, such as to get to what the train or something to get to all that you have to like head, you gotta go like head first into a, a brick wall which I'm always like, that would really suck. Like if people were watching and you just like didn't go through, you just smacked yourself right on the wall and like fell down. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, just trying to get to this mystical world of wizards really quick. Jesus. (laughs) No, like, and what's neat is like every country I think has like their own like ministry of magic and like their own rules. And I think it'd be interesting to see like, because, you know, obviously with, uh, Harry Potter and all that it's it's in England but I and at some point you get to see like the Russian you know uh that basically they're wizards and you see how much more tougher they are and scarier you're like I wonder what American wizards would be like I feel like they would all be TikTok stars no joking (laughs) (laughs) they would oh my god and then it got bought it got bought by uh Microsoft I think who saved it yeah, I saw something that Microsoft uh, swept in and saved TikTok. So, you know, all the teenagers who are making millions of dollars were sitting there going, oh, thank God, I don't have to go to college or actually get a real job, which I know sounds – actually, I'm so sorry. That sounds really harsh, um, all things considering, but because, you know, we're doing – podcasts and all of that, and I now, and I, and I, no, I, I now sound like – I was going to say, I now sound like Joe Rogan, who said that he thinks people who play video games in their adulthood are losers. Meanwhile, people make, like, mad money about it. But my only hang-up when I talk, like, smack about TikTok stars is because gamers and people who do, like, podcasts and stuff, they're putting in the work, right? Most of these, like, young TikTok stars are famous for doing, like, 10-second clips of, like, the renegade. Do you know what I mean? You know who I'm talking about? Like these young TikTok stars who literally do like a small little dance and that's why they have like thousands of freaking, no, not that millions of followers. I'm like, I don't get it. Do I have to be 16 to get it? Cause I don't get it. I think it's kind of like for, for me, like, and I, yeah, I hate using these kind of words because I feel like sometimes it's become overused. I think what's problematic about TikTok is that the only reason that a lot of these kids are getting famous, and they're all under 18, right? They're like 15 to 16, 17, right? Is that they're acting very sexual for their age, and that a lot of the reason they're getting it is either from other thirsty, like, teenagers or people much older than them, and it makes it a problem in itself for that. 
it's kind of like uh, my little brother using TikTok, and I read the comments on his videos, and it's just like all these drooling faces, and like I'm like, he's been doing this since he was 16. Like to me, I'm like, he's just a kid. And then you have to think about these girls that are on there, and not to like for that double standard, but you have these young women, like these young girls that are being you know, like, creeped on by these much older men and, like, these boys creeped on by much older women, you're like, okay, that's weird. It's just, it feels like it's, like, trying to make them grow up too fast or be a certain way or that showing that, hey, you have to be very, like, sexual to get any sort of attention. And I think that's where it's kind of like, it's like, I get it. Like, we don't want to, like, kink shame or slut shame, but it's also, too, it's like these are kids, not adults, if that makes sense. No, it absolutely does, because I was watching, um, oh, God, there's this, have you heard of him? He's this YouTuber called Louis Buchan or something like that. Have you heard of him? He's, like, he's, like, Scottish. He does, like, uh, commentary sort of videos, whatever. But he was reacting to, so one of the famous TikTok stars, her name is Charlie D'Amelio, and she's been doing this since she's, like, 15, and there are all these reaction videos of all of these, like, older guys, like, thirsting over her. And Louis Buchanan was doing a video, and he's like, guys, you know that she's 15, right? Like, it's no hate. It's no hate that, like, she's doing these videos because they are, like, they aren't sexual videos. Again, it's like doing the renegade. I, yeah, I do have a small I, – I do have, like, a – small problem again with like tiktok stars they don't literally do anything and they get like famous off of it but again it's like listens to hustle so it's like i can't really hate like i I hate in the sense that i'm i hate in the sense that i'm like i don't think that that sort of thing should be rewarded but then i don't hate in the sense that i'm like listen you gotta do what you gotta do to make that fucking bank right you know what i'm saying like even to the sense of like i hate someone like nikocado avocado but he's laughing all the way to the fucking bank, right? So it's like you can't necessarily 100% hate, but my hatred does then come from these thirsty-ass, like, 21, 22-year-old men who are literally drooling over a 15, 16-year-old. That's the problematic likeness there. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just, like, like I watch, like, because like, I'll go on TikTok because I'm, like, you know, watch Trenton and stuff. And I'm, like, okay, a lot of these are funny. It makes me think of Vine back in the day with people, you know, yeah. laughed over Vine. But we loved Vine growing up. I loved but, Vine. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, a lot of them are funny. But then a lot of them, like, I will watch, like, like a girl that, you know, is obviously very young, like, half-naked, who is, like, and then the comments are being, like, really disgusting, and you click on the person that commented those things, and it's a much older dude, and you're like, okay, this is weird. This is weird. Yeah! Check the children. It's so weird. That's what I think it is. I think that some uh, platform like TikTok doesn't protect their children, protect children at all. And then also like their parents who are clearly just enjoying all the bank that's being brought over to them and not protecting their own children from predators online. Um, Really quick, I know that we got so off topic, but I need to say one thing before we move on. Um, Do you know that I got banned from TikTok? Permanently, you did. Yes, and it's, 
I have no idea how. Let me tell you how, right? Freaking, I like wanted to create a TikTok, TikTok, not to create content, but to look at videos because there, as you said, there are some funny videos out there. It isn't just, you know, 100% used for, you know, other things. So I was like, oh, I want to create a TikTok so I can see like funny videos. So literally one night, this is a couple of weeks ago, I downloaded the app. I made a username, just something like simple. It probably even used TC Stark because I use that for everything. I, you know, so I created a username, I put a profile picture, and then I put a one-line bio. And I could have sworn that the bio was, because the picture was from a couple of years ago, and I said something in the bio where, like, oh, the picture is a couple of years old, but I still think it's cool. Something like that, right? And then Paulie and I were going for a walk, so I literally, you know, I put my phone in my pocket, and that was it. That's literally all I did. Didn't go on any videos, didn't, I literally just, create my username, my profile picture, and a one-line bio, right? So then we're sitting by the water, so I decide to open up my phone, go on the TikTok, and literally there's a message going, you've been permanently banned because you did not follow the guidelines of this app. And I was like, I literally have no idea what the fuck I did. And I was like, well, this goes to show that TikTok sucks. And then I uninstalled the app and went away. <laughs> Weird, I bet you can, like, go back on there and, like, like uh, oh, like, Re- like refute it like ask for them to like appeal it but this is so weird i'm hearing about that happening to some people because like uh like uh somebody will be like oh yeah i'm banned permanently off of twitter and i'm like what'd you do and they're like i don't know like like they're like i think i guess maybe i could have gotten hacked or you know something changed speaking of that spotify somebody keeps logging into my account from singapore and i don't i've changed that password a million times there's no money on that spotify you stay away from my songs please <laughs> well it's just i didn't even really care to like go back and figure it out because now that we found out that tiktok uh they were talking about how it's not even that secure and that people's uh private information are in jeopardy i'm like yeah no thanks but no thanks the biggest um the biggest mystery, of course, of all, is why Dr. Disrespect got banned from Twitch. But, you know, I don't know if we'll ever solve that. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever solve it. <laughs> it's unsolvable. Years from now, 50 years from now, it's going to be on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. But um, we went really way off. I'm so sorry, Brittany, but it was just fun, kind of. But I love that you picked Harry Potter. I think that a lot of people would 100% agree with you, and I can't say that I blame them at all. So, yes, Harry Potter, 100%. Um, I'm going to pick the last one here, and there's so much, Brittany. There's so many things, but it's funny that you and I have gone this whole entire list without mentioning anything from the mcu at all (laughs) but for my number one i'm going to pick guardians of the galaxy now i could have just did i could have just did like mcu in general but i think that guardians of the galaxy especially because first of all it has to do with space and that's really cool i love the whole thing of how colorful it is how You know, there's so many different races, so many different species of aliens. There's just, like, 
you know, their world is so technologically advanced because it's, you know, in space and all that. And I just think that in general, it'd be so cool to just kind of live out there. And because, you know, I'm sure not every planet is having to deal with uh, some, you know, space terrorist like Ronin or Thanos. You know, there has to be some planets out there that are being all happy-go-lucky. I mean, it looked like Xanadar was pretty chill before everything happened. But in general, I would love to live um, in the Guardians of the Galaxy universe, and I would probably want to be a part of the Guardians of the Galaxy because they're a bunch of idiots and we all love a bunch of idiots. So I I would like to be in Guardians. I don't know if I have to give that many examples as to why, but Brittany, I mean, what do you think? Would you want to live in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies? Oh, definitely. Because I do like that it's like, first off, if you don't like the planet you're on, it looks like space travel is so easy that you could settle on another planet if you want. Like, yeah. I, you have so many different cultures to it. I, it seems like everybody is able to understand one another, and if not, you would have a translator, so you don't have that kind of hiccup to it. Um I think all the different races are super cool in there. Like, uh, you have Drax, you have uh, Gamora, you have, you know, even though uh, Star-Lord is a computer quill, even though he's technically Terran, uh, you know, you have Ronan. You know, it's like all of these people are so cool and so interesting. I feel like it's never boring, and I feel like it definitely makes the world seem a lot bigger than, say, just, uh, isn't it funny how, like, when the MCU takes place on Earth, things are way grittier, in a way, kind of like, uh, Winter Soldier, or, you know, Iron Man, even, with, like, the terrorists and everything, but, like, with Guardians of the Galaxy, it's so bright, and even though it's not particularly happy, even its grittiest doesn't seem so bad. It kind of gives you a Star Wars vibe that, I don't know, I just think it's neat. Like, I think it's definitely much more interesting than other parts of the MCU, especially. Well, yeah, and, like, you know that my favorite MCU film of all time is still, to this day, The Winter Soldier, but I wouldn't want to necessarily live in that just because, to like, Hydra and all of that is just terrifying. So to me, it's like you remove yourself from all of the unfortunate realities of living on Earth and you have space, which, of course, as we were just saying, has its own challenges and its own um, hurdles to jump over. But uh, you can go wherever you want. There's so many possibilities. You can go planet to planet. You can explore space. You can, you know, really see all of these different cultures and live all this differentness. I mean, it just seems more of like a freedom to it really, which is really cool. And I mean, the clothing is awesome, right? I mean, I would hope that like, if I, lived as one of those space like I would want to be like a Gamora or Nebula I want to be like green or blue right like I, I want to be green or blue or something like that that would be freaking awesome as hell so I would love to live in the Guardians of the Galaxy universe I'm just saying uh, hopefully I am adept enough to be a fighter so that I can go toe to toe and not be the sacrificial lamb when it comes to these missions but 
I think that I could be in a different life a um, a good member of the group there. <laughs> right. Uh, but speaking of which, were you like, I'd like to be red or blue? I had um, in my chat with Twitch and everything, people like, um, oh, I was saying something. And they said, on that note, can you really think if there was someone that was, like, a crazy skin color, like red or blue, that you just did not like? Like, is there anybody you can think of that didn't have, like, a crazy skin color that you were just like, I hate that person? And you're like, <laughs> no, I like, like, I think it's like you got Gamora, who's freaking cool, Drax, Nebula, you know, even Thanos is cool. And you're like, no, I guess people that are blue are pretty fucking cool. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, you have Yondu, and yeah. Yondu is cool as hell. I mean, Yondu is pretty much the epitome of cool, right? I don't know. They're so like... Cool. They- nice cold. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a bad joke, Brittany. Was that a throwback for you, Tia? <laughs> that was not nice. That was not nice. Um, I was going to say, when... In the Guardians of the Galaxy 2, remember when they show Yondu's funeral and they show all the different people who showed up for his funeral? There was, like, some guy who literally had, like, an, who literally was, like, looking like he was made of ice. I was like, this shit's so cool. I love this freaking universe. And I do love Ronan. I'm sorry, hashtag, he deserved more screen time, was a better villain than you'll remember him from. You know what sucks? He is always supposed to be more. He is always supposed to be in the movie more than he actually was. Um, James Gunn revealed in Guardians of the Galaxy that he had wanted. First of all, he did say that he had wanted, um, say, Thanos to be more of the villain in it, but that he also wanted to include Ronan in the movie more. But at that point when he was doing Guardians, Marvel had had this committee, which is no, this like creative committee, which is no longer in place. And they stopped him from doing so. So he was going to have Ronan more in Guardians. And then in the Captain Marvel movie, the director revealed that she wanted Ronan in the movie more, especially more in the beginning of the movie. But then that didn't work out. And I'm like, God damn, can y'all just give, like, Lee Pace the screen time that he freaking deserves? I know, and apparently it sounds like they wanted to give it, but they kept getting blocked on it. They kept getting cock-blocked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, never mind. So, you know what? Thanks, Tia, for falling yeah. on that sword for me. I mean, we say plenty of other things, so. But anyway, um, what you calls it, Brittany? Do you have any honorable mentions for this list? I'm trying to sit and think if there was some world out there where I would be like, oh, I want to be a part of that. Because I'm trying to think because I think the MCU as a whole is pretty cool. Oh, X-Men, even though, you know, I'd love to be a mutant, even though, you know, you basically get hunted down for it. But that is a risk I'm willing to take for some powers. I am a power whore at that point because that's all I want. Um, I'm trying to think of Lawless was a pretty cool movie, and I kind of like that still, that kind of old era, like, uh, bouginess there. Um, trying to think of anything else. I don't know. I think I would be okay with living in, like, a mobster-type movie, but I'm not sure on that one. But besides that, I think that's all I can think of right now. 
<laughs> um, I put down Stranger Things just because I want to live in a world that I I want to live in a world that Jim Hopper lives in. Um, I would actually like to live in iZombie just because if I become a zombie, it, if I, it's the only world that if you become a zombie, you still can like walk and talk, right? Um, and I wouldn't mind living in American gods so long as I were some sort of pagan god. I wouldn't want to be a human in American gods because they seem to always get the short end of the stick. They get shafted. I want to say, too, by the way, Brittany, um, oh, and also, I kind of would like to live in the Star Trek universe because they are so, like, technologically advanced and they you know at least like the original stuff was supposed to be intended where it was during a time that moved past the need for racial divide religious divide gender divide and it's like i want to live in a world that doesn't have any sort of division amongst those sort of things but i did want to say beforehand a world that i didn't want to live in would be the Star Wars world, and that's not me trying to do Star Trek versus Star Wars. It's just Star Wars always seems like they got some sort of crazy shit going on between, you know, the uh, the the Republic and the Sith and this and that. And I'm like, that's a lot. You got rebels. They you got uh, worlds being destroyed, taken over, and blah blah. You got Darth Vader. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> well, I love it. I love it, too. I agree, though. Because I was sitting there, I was like, I'd love to live in Star Wars. And then I was like, there's a lot of bad shit happening. You couldn't be really of the galaxy over it on that one. Yeah, definitely 100%. But, Brittany, I think we did an awesome job here on our top 10 fictional worlds we would slash wouldn't want to live in. Still a long fucking title, but it's what it is right now. Um, I think we did a good job. Um, anything but the world that we're living in now would be nice. But anyway, Brittany, before we sign off, please let everyone know where we can find you, what you got going on next and all that. Oh, and before I do that, Brittany has pink hair now and it's so awesome looking. <laughs> I wanted to live my cotton candy princess dream and you know what? By God, I'm going to do it. And I did. But sure. <laughs> Inspiration. My Twitch people keep calling me Princess Bubblegum, and I'll take it. But um, I was gonna say I uh, you can find me on Twitch at Itty Bitty Brit. I've been playing God of War lately, which I'm obsessed with because I love mythology, and it is dealing with Nordic mythology. So I, at some point, I'm gonna have to probably murderize uh, Odin. And I'm prepared for that because uh, watching American Gods has prepared me for this moment. But well, um, it's a pretty shitty father in the Thor movie, so yeah, no, it's totally fine. <laughs> the only thing he's got going for him is Anthony Hopkins. But uh, I was gonna say you can find me on Twitter, tw- Twitter, tweet, tweet. <laughs> 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 Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> itty bitty Brit Zero. Uh, that's normally where I update my schedule or just post anything silly related that, like to what I'm doing. Uh, but yeah, I just have a lot of great times with my chat and my schedule's getting a little more figured out since the job change. So yeah, that's where you can find me. <laughs> um, you reminded me when you talked about Nordic, by the way, really quick. So I've been telling Brittany about the show Stargirl and this actor, Neil Jackson, who plays this villain, Icicle, right? And he is of Nordic descent. And he, he says that, and so, oh God, there's that. It was so funny, right? I thought it was funny. I was like, oh, my God. There's one episode where his character is um, invited over to Stargirl's house for dinner, although they don't know that he's like, he doesn't know that she's Stargirl and she doesn't know that he's Icicle yet. He's just like Jordan. But he brings like his son, he brings his parents with him, right? So they're all like at the table and they're talking about like traditions and Icicle Jordan says that, you know, they actually have a tradition before their meal. They have to say a Nordic prayer. And the others, like um, Stargirl's real name is Courtney, their family's like, yeah, of course, if that's what you do, like, you know, let's do it. So they put their hands together like they're about to pray, but they're praying in, like, Norwegian. And the fucking prayer that they're saying is like, please guide us as we look to destroy our enemies and drink the blood of our victims and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, he's like, amen. I'm like, what the fuck? But, um, you know, the Nordic people, Vikings, they just all want destruction and mayhem. No, joking, joking, completely. Um, but, yes, please make sure that you check out Brittany's stuff. Um, she is a very dedicated streamer who puts in a lot of, like, a lot, a lot, guys, a lot of hours into her craft. So make sure that you check that out and uh, appreciate that. For me, my schedule has definitely opened up. Uh, so I have plenty of time to create content. And you, of course, can find all of that content at geekvibesnation.com, where I post articles, opinion pieces, reviews, interviews with plenty of people neil jackson i actually did just do an interview with him recently so that was really cool please make sure you check that out in general we have a lot of cool stuff coming towards you and uh, so many podcasts just as i said at the beginning of this show but in general we have more of top tens that i do with Brittany. tea times with tia which i'm Hoping to put more of those out. Marty and Kathy's Coffee Binge. They call this a movie. Scene and Nerd. Geek Vibes Live. Skates to Throat. Music City Drive-In. Just so many. So please make sure you check that out. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TFABY. Come say hi. Let us know what worlds in both movies and TV shows would you want to live in and what world would you not want to live in. And please make sure that you're checking out the second season of Umbrella Academy. It just came out, and it is so awesome. So, everyone, please have a great rest of your day. Brittany, thank you so much, and we will see you next week. See you all next time. Have a great Sunday. Bye.